Welcome to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy. Things are still chugging along for the podcast and in real life. And I'm legit fueled by the bands who are in my inbox right now. Um, Sorry it took me so long to respond to some of you. Kind of had to take a little bit of a slowdown things got busy in the day job and then you know it's important to take care of ourselves and slow down when we need to but don't worry episodes come out as normal um but yeah back to all the awesome people reaching out to me um it's so neat because so many of you who reach out to me either mention favorite guests or mutual friends who've been on the podcast and I think that's what makes this whole thing so special to me We're connected in this music community, and that's something I really value and treasure, especially in a time where we can kind of all feel a little apart. Um, So thank you to everybody who continues to reach out, who keeps sharing their music with me. I'm really excited about your releases. They keep me going, and they keep me excited about music and about doing this podcast and stuff, because we're in a time where I think a lot of us are trying to figure out what it is that still makes us happy and makes us feel motivated and positive in a time that's like really challenging us. So to everybody who's putting all that positivity and all of that effort out there, thank you. And to those of you who struggle with that, that's okay. It's okay to not be creative and it's okay to not feel motivated throughout this entire time period. It's trying. It's a trauma. So take care of yourself if you need that and thank you to everybody who has been able to go forward too just thank you to everybody y'all rule um but yeah on to this week's guest um eliza is a longtime musician who saw opportunity to experiment musically while in her college music program with several other women she began to play music that draws from jazz blues rock punk you name it it's in there and it's all driven by the music and how it kind of flows through her Eliza joins this week to share her songwriting style, the places her music has gone, including Indie Movie, which is really freaking cool, Um, (laughs) teases her second EP, and so much more. So with that, let's hear more music by Eliza and the Organics, and then get into the interview. Oh 
Cool. All right. Welcome, Eliza, to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going for you lately? Um, pretty good. Thanks for asking. Uh, just kind of, you know, finding my way through. I know what you mean. It's a strange time we're living in, but very fortunately, we're able to kind of make these like long distance connections and stuff. And uh, if anything, I found whenever I got up this morning was re-listening to your music and everything. I was like, oh yeah, that was kind of like the little mood lift I needed. Just the way that <laughs> sonically your music works. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny cause my music, I, I don't know if it's always the most like, you know, like feel good, feel good about yourself. You're a queen. You know, it's not like that vibe exactly. <laughs> right. Um, but it is like very energetic. Yes. And I needed that. I actually like pounded my coffee this morning and I was just like, just, just the, the kind of like movement that it gives, that energy that you're kind of talking about there. That was exactly what I needed. I'm like, oh, this is a good way to start the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, it is. It's like sort of like dance music a lot of the time. I love that. Have you always liked kind of like that dance music style? Um, yes, I would say so. Yeah. Um, I guess because with music, it's like there's sort of there's like different reasons people listen to music. Sometimes it's like cathartic. Sometimes it's like, you know, like you just want to like scream something out. Um, mm -hmm. And the dance music vibe, it's like, you know, just like getting your energy out, feel good. Like I, I like listening to music for that mm -hmm. um, to like sort of like pet myself up. I love um, and that. a lot of the like blues and soul type of feel. That's perfect. Do you have any like go-to artists that you kind of are like, okay, I need a mood boost or I need an energy boost. This is who I'd put on. <laughs> Maybe like Seal. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. There's certain songs that like, no matter how many times I hear them, I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. This is the stuff. Oh yeah. Seal's a great choice, honestly. I just, I love it. Um, <laughs> well, I'm really excited to be able to chat with you about your music and everything you're doing to kind of kick things off. How did you kind of first find yourself interested in playing music? My background is a little bit odd. Um, I grew up, my family was really into like folk music. So mm -hmm. we would like sing folk songs together and my sister would like play the recorder <laughs> and <laughs> We would, we had a piano and we would do like a lot of that type of thing. Um, so like Americana, like in folk music. Um, and then I, I started playing classical guitar and I was a very serious classical guitarist wow. through high school. I was like going to go to conservatory. I was on this like path doing all these like, uh, Spanish guitar master classes and things like that. Um, so I wasn't really thinking of myself as a songwriter for a lot of that. I was just like, I'm a musician. I'm a serious musician and all this <laughs> stuff. Um, and when I got to college is really when I started writing songs. Um, and I went through like a breakup, which is, you know, one of those stereotypical things, but it was what sort of propelled me into songwriting. Cause mm -hmm. I was like, I have to get all my feelings out. I have to get them all out. Um, so I think like sophomore year of college is when I started writing songs mm -hmm. um, and something kind of clicked there and I was like, oh, I'm actually, I'm like good at writing songs and I like doing this. Why wasn't I doing this before? Um, and pretty much since then, I've just been, it's sort of, it, it's become like a part of, of my days and who I am and how I express myself. Mm -hmm. um, so college is when I started a band, um, which is a completely different band than I have now. Yeah. Cause I, I, I remember kind of reading a little bit about how you were kind of like in this college jazz program and stuff. And that, that was kind of where your band started to kind of come together and huh? It did. Yeah. Um, I was doing college jazz and there were not, uh, there were not a lot of women in the college jazz program, which irritated me because I, I went to Vassar, which is like, Historically, it was an all-female college up mm -hmm. until the 60s, and it's supposed to be, like, so, you know, like, liberal-minded and all this stuff, and I was like, why aren't there any women in the jazz program? It's um, wild. I know. <laughs> so, me and, like, several, uh, several women from the jazz program 
there were not that many of us really, mm-hmm. but it was my friend Kristen who plays the saxophone, my friend Venora who plays keyboard. Um, that was like the foundation of my band was mm-hmm. my friends from jazz, from jazz band. Um, so yeah, that was, that was where it all started. And, uh, it feels like a very long time ago now, but, uh, it was, it was a really cool way to start out playing music. I'm sure. Collaborating. Yeah, you're collaborating, you're studying alongside, I'm sure, these women and stuff and are able to probably take some of the lessons that you get from kind of like, I I know classroom obviously is a very loose word when it comes to like being in a music program and stuff, but like to be able to take the lessons that you're getting in a classroom and starting to kind of like maybe consider it in your music. Did you do that at all? A little bit. Um... I feel like the way that I approach music and most things, I'm, I'm not necessarily coming at it from a super intellectual place. Like even though, you know, like we would be studying things in the music program, like um, the Neapolitan sixth and all this <laughs> stuff. And, you know, it was, it was interesting. Like it was a very classical perspective a lot of the time. Um, but I feel like when I write a music, I tend to come from a much more like emotional place. Um, mm. And I don't necessarily think like, ooh, what like tricks do I have in my repertoire? Um, and that's just, it, it sort of like reflects like who I am in my personality. It's very like straightforward, like, okay, you know, there's not a whole lot of like artifice here. I'm just like going straight in um, for what I want to say. Um, which, you know, maybe, maybe at times it'd be interesting to change it up and like try to get like really theoretical and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean definitely like the sounds of jazz um were part of like what was influencing me and like how i was writing you know all that stuff my musical vocabulary was coming from that that's amazing and you know we were talking earlier about how like seal is an artist that gets you like feeling good and stuff but i'm curious about like um, what kind of artists or musicians kind of helps shape maybe your sound and your approach to songwriting and stuff? Um, well, I was, when I was in college, I was really obsessed with, uh, Cake, the band. Nice. Uh, and I just, I loved, I loved all the horn stuff. Um, I loved the quirky guitar and the weird sort of like deadpan vocal delivery. I loved the layers and how it all came together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was very interested in like orchestration and, and that's part of the reason that I wanted um, like a horn section. I mean, it would have been nice to have a horn section. It was a sax, a single saxophone. Um, but like, I was, I was like very interested in like those sonic landscapes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also was really into this band Morphine who were like a, a Boston band, gritty jazz rock of the nineties with Mark Sandman. Um, and that, was uh it was like a saxophone bass and drums so it was very stripped down Mm -hmm. um so i was like ooh saxophone that's what that's what i really want this is such a cool sound Mm -hmm. um and i think those two were like big big influences at the time that we started the band Mm -hmm. um sort of like this like indie quirky rock vibe and also jazz (laughs) and like those two things yeah that's so amazing. Is there anybody that you listen to now that you feel like kind of inspires you? Um, I'm trying to think about who I've been listening to recently. Um, I've been, I feel like I've been sort of all over the place, um, you know, in terms of like music and what I'm listening to. Um, I think that the stuff that I'm writing now tends to have less saxophone because I'm playing with um, a really phenomenal guitar player Renee Saratella so it's like two guitars is sort of like more the sonic mm-hmm. thing we're going for now um most recently I've been listening to Father John Misty nice <laughs> which uh I never thought that I would be like into his music but I I've been I've been getting really into it recently that's it's neat. very different from the whole like jazz rock mm-hmm. you know that was a like a very different period for me Definitely. Yeah. It seems like a little bit of your sound is kind of pivoting a little bit closer toward like, um, more of like that. I don't, and I would not know where to begin as far as describing your sound other than how you've described it, which is kind of like mm. that, like funk punk, which I love by the way. 
Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that like really encapsulated something pretty well. Yeah. Um, because, you know, cause it's funny. Cause like, um, like my housemate who was on your show before is in like a, was like a punk band, you know, yeah. very clearly a punk band. So I never felt like you could call Lies in the Organics a punk band per se. Like mm -hmm. it's very different, but there is that sort of like the mentality of it. I right. Think, the punk part. I, I can feel it kind of in the lyrics and like maybe the ethos that you kind of have the whole like DIY attitude, the idea of like, you know, speaking your mind and not being afraid to talk about emotions and like heavy shit. That's very, that's very punk. And as far as like, yeah, uh, lyrics go and attitudes that you have for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's like what I'm all about. And like, that's what gives me joy in doing music is like, like how I, it can allow me to express myself, um, which is just like truly a gift, honestly, to find that in music. Absolutely. Um, and it sounds like you found really great people that encourage and motivate you and your bandmates with uh, having Eliza in the organics and stuff. I like that you kind of went from some of your earlier stuff being like Eliza in the organics, the organics experience. <laughs> that, that made me giggle. I loved it. I loved it. And then like now you're kind of starting to play with different sounds because you're bringing in people like Renee and stuff. Um, tell me a little bit about how kind of like the full band came together and maybe how you feel you've evolved over time. Um, it's definitely evolved over time. So when we first started, um, we were all college students and it was, you know, it was a, a fantastic band, but we were all so young, so young <laughs> then. And like, uh, so we would play a bunch of like college showcases. We would play around, uh, the city of Poughkeepsie, um, which is just outside of New York city. Um, and that was really fun. So we did that for a couple years in college. And then after we graduated, um, I wanted to keep playing music and our drummer moved to Boston mm. to do physics. So, you know, that was, <laughs> that was destined to end. He was like, he's still a fantastic guy. Like I see him whenever we play shows in Boston. Um, but the rest of us were still playing together in New York city. Mm -hmm. um, which it kind of amazed me that we managed to do that because after I graduated from college, first I moved back to upstate New York, which was like seven hours away. And then I moved to Philadelphia, um, which is where um, I have family. Mm -hmm. So for a couple of years, every weekend, I would drive from Philadelphia to New York City for band practice and then like drive back. Oh, wow. Every weekend. <laughs> um, and we would do shows in New York. Uh, so we were, we were like a New York based band, even though I lived in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did that for a couple of years, pretty much every weekend driving. So it was, it was an intense commitment, but I just, I really like, I valued the connection I had with them. I really wanted to keep playing music with them. So that was my friend who played the saxophone, my friend who played keyboard. Um, and from there we started developing just confidence and, um, and really, really maturing as a band. Um, so there were a few years there where we were just improvising a lot and like trying tons of new things. It was really exciting. It was really cool. Um, and that, that period sort of like came to an end. Um, or I, I guess it's more like, there, I feel like there's been sort of like these different periods of like creative evolution and like the stuff that I'm doing now, um, has sort of like a different feel to it. Like, I feel like I'm going sort of more in um, like a, an indie rock direction mm -hmm. and it's less focused on like jazz and improvisation than it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, but like, that was a, that was a period of a couple of years when we were just like trying all kinds of crazy things and we would record, you know, like hour long jams and then like sort of like, I would mine them for ideas for lyrics. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a really cool period of exploration. Um, I think with, with the stuff I'm doing now, I'm really interested in like, uh, like guitar textures and putting stuff mm -hmm. together. And, um, you know, when I was, when I was recording, like the album that we just finished, um, I was thinking a lot actually about like Florence and the Machine and oh, her album, okay. uh, Ceremonials. Mm -hmm. 
um, because she really just, uh, she made like a wash of sound, you know, it's like, uh, like an ocean of sound. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested in how she achieved that effect um, of just, you know, so many textures and everything like blending together. So I, I was really like putting a lot of stuff in the mixes, <laughs> basically. I love that. And I feel like you have definitely started to shape your own like unique texture to your music and stuff. And it seems like that like jam quality is definitely still persistent, especially in the newer music. Um, and I personally enjoy kind of how parts of the songs feel very rhythm heavy. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of curious, what is it that you kind of love about like applying kind of like these detailed layers to your music? Like, is it kind of something that's connected to that Florence and the Machine inspiration or is there other stuff kind of going on there? Um, well, like I, I did love that album a lot, mm-hmm. that Florence and the Machine album. Um, I remember just listening to it and feeling like, oh, wow, like I'm really just like deeply, it's almost like a, like a 3D virtual reality experience or something. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, there's, I'm falling into this music. Um, I think also that, uh, like, I, I think of it almost like, like I'm building a beautiful layer cake or something. I'm Mm -hmm. just like, you know, that's how I, that's how I tend to view it is like, what, you know, like what I take so much like joy and just like adding little details here and there, like what would build this even more, you know, like what tiny things can I add in? Um, so, you know, like a lot of guitar work, uh, will just, be me basically fiddling around with and overdubbing things Mm -hmm. um and it's i it's like i love it it's it's creative in a different way than being a front person just like Mm -hmm. finding the beauty in these like small details um you can add into something uh and i feel like i i sort of have a sense like i've sort of developed a sense for like what i want things to sound like and how to achieve that yeah um which is really great um, as opposed to being like, oh, something's missing. Like, like, I feel like I sort of know what I want the sound to be now, which is a great place to be in. Absolutely. Because I think sometimes when you go in with like that intention or like just that knowledge, it probably informs songwriting so much more for you. It does. Um, Though it's also, sometimes I think back to when I started and I think, um, you know, maybe I was doing more interesting things because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. <laughs> so that's sort of, it's like this catch 22 or it's like the more, you know, the easier it is to like, to make things, but then sometimes you find yourself falling into patterns. Um, I see. So I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird balance between the two things. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, like with that in mind, tell me a little bit about your songwriting process. How does like a song come together for Eliza and the Organics? Um, it, it depends a lot. Um, like there have been songs that were based on like, we would have an instrumental jam and then I would play with it a little bit and play with lyrics. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the time it'll be lyrics based. Um, like I'll start with like a phrase or a couple lines and that'll inspire music or it'll lead to more lyrics. Um, there was one song I remember I was actually driving, doing my like weekly drive from Philadelphia to New York mm-hmm. um, back when I still lived in Philly. And I was just like in my car and I had, uh, I had like my iPhone on recording and I was just like sort of randomly singing in my car. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that actually turned into one of my, one of my favorite songs that we've done. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it was just me, like, singing in my car. Sometimes those moments just That's happen when you're driving around. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Especially because it was, you know, it was, like, this two-hour drive um, from Philly to New York. So it, I would have, like, a lot of time in the car to sort of, like, mull things over. I love that. Um, so I love so much of this new music that you have coming out. Um I think actually one of my favorite songs that you had was Road Home from... Oh, yeah. 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 I love the way that that song is just structured and the way that, like, um, the lyrics just have so much meaning. Like, almost like that desire to kind of, like, 
posture as strong, staying strong and stuff, having kind of that attitude and everything. And I love that. Um, and there's so much going on here. Can you tell me a little bit about how you wrote this song and maybe what you're thinking about as you were putting it together? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that I, I really appreciate you saying that because that one, yeah, that's, um, that's one of my favorites too. Um, a lot of the time when I'm writing stuff, I always think that I'm writing about romantic relationships. And mm-hmm. then I realize later, I'm like, really not. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's about a lot more than that, really. Um, I feel like Road Home, it's kind of about like, yeah, posturing and like the faces that people think they have to put on just mm-hmm. to get by, you know, like always appear strong, always appear confident, mm-hmm. never show weakness. Um, and that one, I think I was feeling like frustrated Mm -hmm. with myself and, um, with friends of mine, just that we were, you know, getting like caught up in these, in these postures. Um, and yeah, that one, when I started writing that, I was like, what is this? Is this a pop song? I can't, I can't really tell what's going on here. Um, because I started with just this, this guitar melody which is very sparse. Um, and it didn't really come together until we tried it as a full band. And suddenly I could hear it. I was like, Oh, this is, this is great. Actually, this is going to be really cool. Um, but yeah, that one, that one has a lot to say and it does have a lot of meaning to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's sort of like remind, like me reminding myself, like, Hey, like, don't, don't fall into this trap. Right. Um, you know, of feeling like you have to act a certain way, you have to be a certain thing, because it's not, it's not like something that's going to help you live your best life. It's not something that's going to like, help you be happy as a person. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think it's interesting, because it feels like you're definitely analyzing people who are like, hiding these parts of themselves, and like, trying to figure out what direction they're going, as well as what direction you're going, and how to kind of like, learn from that. So it's definitely something that stood out to me. And it's, it's such just a great sonic jam to it also. Yeah. That one, uh, that one has a good groove. Yeah. Yeah. And it has those kind of like rocking choruses. Yep. Which are, they're fun every time. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it. That was just the one where I was just like, Oh, this is, this is going to be great. As I started to unpack more and more of your music. (laughs) Yeah, that, there's a lot of car metaphors in that one, too. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, where feels, are we going? <laughs> it feels very, like, American rock and roll, and I love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so your newer song that you have out right now, too, is Broken Sky. That one is fantastic, too, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of that one, for sure. Yeah, tell me more about this song. I, I, I feel like it's um, a very lyrically heavy song, and I feel like you're unpacking a lot of... Um, relationships and self and how they can impact you there too yeah this one this is another one where I totally thought I was writing about a romantic relationship and um I was like I I just look back at the lyrics and I'm like wow no I I really wasn't (laughs) yeah um because this premiered uh there there was like a an audio femme interview I did that went with this one Mm -hmm. in March when it premiered um, and so like the article was about intergenerational trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's actually, it's pretty related to what we were talking about with road home. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, this idea that like, um, like I was raised in a way that it, it made it very hard for me to like assert myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up just sort of like people expecting me to be very passive, mm-hmm. um, which has been something I've really tried as an adult to overcome Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, music is a great outlet, but also like, just like in life, you want to be able to say like, no, I don't like this or, you know, just stand up for yourself. Um, So uh, Broken Sky touches on a lot of those things, like how we grow up um, Mm -hmm. and how do you break free of those patterns? You know, how do you like learn how to grow past them? which is challenging. It is. It's it's easier, much easier said than done. Definitely. And I think that's why like that kind of like 
main corset, you repeat the broken sky, paper dolls, when your whole life feels too small, the best you know becomes the worst of all. It's like, I feel like that relates so heavily to just like coming of age and trying to understand like, you know, your past and present and how you can confront maybe your qualities that you struggle with, you know? For sure. And, you know, everyone, everyone has like family history and like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's struggles in every family, there's tragedies in every family that really shape us and affect us. Um, Right. So I think it, it, it really applies to pretty much everyone when we're trying to sort of like overcome the things that you learn as a kid and mm-hmm. learn how to like be our best selves, grow into ourselves as adults. Definitely. I know that um, that's something that I think we're all actively trying to like understand as well as unlearn. And that's just so fascinating to me how you were able to kind of um, – put a song to that do you do you think that helped at all with some of the catharsis around um the intergenerational trauma that you just spoke of um I think it's it's funny because I think it does now but when Mm -hmm. when I wrote that song I didn't really at all realize what I was writing about Mm -hmm. it took me it took me a long time to look back at those lyrics and be like oh I get what I was writing about yeah um but I do think that I use music to work out you know, a lot of that stuff, just sort of like the deep, my deeper thoughts and feelings. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a therapeutic outlet or something just whenever, whenever I write. That's amazing. Even if I'm not necessarily like aware of it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that kind of like you have almost this like unconscious approach to like lyric writing in a sense where it's like, you kind of start to understand yourself more after you've kind of penned these lyrics and started to put it together. That's interesting to me. Yeah, that's, that's definitely how it is for me. I mean, like there are times when I try to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to write about this, Mm -hmm. Um, which like can be fun. It can be fun. But um, like, I find that stuff tends to come to me more as like, here's a fragment of this. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily know where it came from, but then I really like it. So I end up, you know, just working on it and working on it and working on it. Um, But yeah, I think I do try to like view it as almost more like a subconscious process of sort of like letting the music, letting the music flow out of me without necessarily trying to think too hard about what I'm doing. Yeah, that's amazing. It clearly works for you. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's interesting that now, so these two new songs that we just talked about and stuff, those are going to be on Present Future Dreams Part 2. You had the part one yes. come out a couple of years ago. Tell me a little bit about how um, you decided to kind of do these like two EPs in parts and why you did that. Um, well, I, I had a lot of songs. Um, it was taking a really long time to record. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that practical consideration of just like, I wanted to put something out, um, but I do kind of like having it as the two parts. So like, this is uh, present future dreams. The whole concept, like the album art is a rubber chicken being run over by a car tire. Yeah. And, like I'm, a, I'm kind of like a little bit of a dork. So I'm like, Oh, <laughs> it's like the rubber chicken represents your hopes and dreams. The car tires like life running over your hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a rubber chicken. So like, you know, you bounce back and, but like you bounce back, but you know, there are these things like, like going into your twenties, you have all these like ideas about who you're going to be and how your life's going to go. And like, a lot of them are probably not true. Like a lot of them are wrong. (laughs) Like your your life might go in a completely different direction. Um, So that was sort of the concept of of the album was like, these are like a story, but also like vignettes about being in your twenties and what it's like to just go through all these, these experiences of like trying to figure out who you are. Um, so the first half of it, um, the first half of it, I'm thinking about the songs on that one. Um, they're kind of a, they're kind of a mix of things. Uh, one of my favorite, actually the one I was talking about that I wrote while I was, uh, driving in my car is called my way. Yes. I love uh, that one. <laughs> I really like that song. Uh, so that was written on a voice memo. <laughs> While, I, while driving in my car from uh, Philadelphia 
to New York. But those are like, you know, a lot of that is about like, okay, like I want to, I want to do things the way I want to do things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm trying to figure this all out, but I have to figure it out my way. Yep. Um, and I feel like the second half of this part two is a little bit more mellow. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, uh, broken sky is, is a bit melancholy, you know, it's, uh, it's got some heavy content to it. So, um, I feel like the second, the second half is sort of like the more, the more mature half of your twenties, you know, it's like, as you get a little bit older and you're like, okay, I think I've, I think I've got it now. I think I figured out like what I want to do and where I'm going. Yeah. I'm excited to kind of juxtapose that because you think about it, it's like with where those two EPs will meet and stuff, it'll be interesting to kind of compare like the first half of like this really kind of crucial decade to the second half and the the sounds, the way that that can kind of tell that story as much as the lyrics can, because your sound has developed and changed so much even in that time period, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that having, like, I kind of like having them divided that way because it is, you know, clearly a journey. Yeah. (laughs) Very clearly a musical journey. I love that. I'm excited for sure. Um, So I know we talked about a lot of songs that I'm really excited about of yours, but do you have any favorites that you've shared with the world so far that you're just like, that's my absolute favorite? Hmm. Um... Well, My Way is definitely one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Road Home a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, I have I have some stuff that we haven't recorded yet mm-hmm. that I really, I really love. Um, yeah. One of them is called Oh My God. And that <laughs> is like, I, I, I definitely want to record that at some point. That's exciting. I always love hearing about like what's ahead and stuff and the kind of things that are getting you excited about your songwriting and recording. Yeah, I think um, the stuff that I've been writing recently, I've been writing stuff that I think is like funny. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me laugh. So it's it's sort of, it's become like very sarcastic. My mm-hmm. music has become very sarcastic. That's great. And I think we need that right now, honestly, is something that's a little bit lighter or yeah. like stuff that kind of like inspires that little bit of, snarky spark right now yeah yeah for sure it's nice to have a little bit of like humor and lightness right exactly and it's interesting how I feel like you play with so much in your music I mean the fact that we're talking about these EPs the stuff you're writing now and the fact that you have an instrumental soundtrack for a film that's like (laughs) like the day we're recording this yeah it's premiering on the um, it was Agoraphobia Film Festival, which is amazing. Yeah, Agoraphobia Film Festival. Can yeah. you talk about that experience and like, how did you get your music involved in this film? Yeah, no, that was that was super exciting. Um, so last summer, I participated in uh, the Brooklyn Silent Film Festival, oh. um, and basically, uh it was like a curated thing where they would take uh, short silent films and pair them up with musical artists. Oh, cool. Um, so we worked with this uh, filmmaker and her film was called, called Into Modern Times. Mm-hmm. And we came up with an original soundtrack for this silent film. Um, so that was, we, we actually performed it live at the Brooklyn Silent Film Festival. They, sh- they had a big projector and they showed the film. Oh, wow. And then we played it live. Um, and they turned that recording into the soundtrack for, wow. for the film. So it was a very interesting process. It was really cool. Um, and it is being shown at, so this is its second film screening, is at the Agoraphobia uh, mm-hmm. Film Fest. And that um, is a virtual film fest on YouTube that is raising money to benefit uh, like wait staff, bartenders, people in the hospitality industry mm-hmm. who are currently struggling and out of work. So it's definitely, it's for a very good cause. Um, but yeah, that, that has been a really cool project. And I've been, you know, I've been interested in getting more into like, uh, like film and TV into that world with my music. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's it's cool to like start to see that happening of just like these projects um writing writing for a movie was really interesting it was very different from <laughs> from anything else i've done that's amazing how did you kind of like approach that specific kind of like style of songwriting versus how you do your own were you like kind of watching the silent film and like considering what's happening or like how did how did you do that um well it was it was partly that like we would be watching and trying to get a sense for the mood and um like the filmmaker gave me some notes about her ideas for you know the style and everything um i think it's it's primarily different because when i write music when the band does music it's it's all about like me you know <laughs> it's very it's very egocentric um, <laughs> But for this project, it's like, oh, actually, this isn't at all about me. This is about, mm -hmm. like, trying to realize her vision for this. Um, and I really enjoyed that, like, just trying to, trying to feel out, like, what does she want this to be? You know, what does she want it to sound like? Um, and we had, we had a lot of fun with it. You know, there would be times where we would be watching the film and noticing little details, like, oh, um, they mentioned like a train whistle here. So maybe we'll have some sort of sound that goes with that. Or, <laughs> you know, like just finding these like little ways to make it, to build interest in the, in the soundtrack. Um, I, had, I had a fantastic time working on that, honestly. It was, it's, it was very different. Um, it definitely got me out of my own creative headspace, mm -hmm. um, which I really like to do because as I mentioned, like, I feel like, you know, all of us as writers have sort of these like, you know, patterns where we're more comfortable, things we're more comfortable with. And I love trying something just completely different. Um, I think it's a great way to kind of like push the reset button a little bit. I love that. Were there any lessons that you learned while working on this soundtrack that maybe you're bringing back into your own like band music? I think that, um, I think that, everything really gets brought back into the band music um yeah because i feel like sort of like a, a sponge you know like anything i do anything i hear like if i'm listening to like father john misty now like it'll it'll come back out at some <laughs> point like i uh i really love like kendrick lamar yeah and uh i listen to like a lot of kendrick lamar and I feel like weirdly that's kind of a big influence on my music currently, which is so, so different from, oh, wow. uh, I mean, I'm not going to start rapping. Like that's not going to happen, but, uh, there's so much more that's going on with like Kendrick yeah. Lamar's music though, like underneath the rapping that I'm sure is also like influencing you too. Yeah. Well, I mean like there's, he really uses a lot of sort of like the, the blues jazz grooves, mm -hmm. but also like his, his lyrics are just like funny, but mm -hmm. also like really, really deep and really heavy hitting. You know, he talks about like really serious stuff right. in his music, but also he's like really funny. So I, I feel like I'm not, I'm not going to like ever, like it's never going to like sound like Kendrick Lamar, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely something where like it's in the sponge, you know, right. of my brain. And like it, it's coming out. Like I, I sort of like feel how that's influenced me. Um, so like, yeah, working on the soundtrack, I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll like come back out. That's awesome. Well, you've got hopefully this fall, this amazing second part to your EPs yes. coming out, and that's really exciting. Fingers crossed that that comes together in the way that you need it to. Um, looking ahead, what's maybe something you really want your listeners to get out of? Present Future Dreams Part 2? Hmm. Well, I think that, um, like, I, you know, I'm very focused on, like, uh, on, on like, growing mm -hmm. and, and being my best self. Um, and also, uh, like, seeing things clearly. Those, mm -hmm. those are, I feel like those are sort of, like, my motivating factors with my music. Um, and I don't know, I hope that that can resonate with people and that it can be helpful to them in their own, in their own like life's journeys. Um, like I know that, like for me, like the music I listened to when I was a kid was like really helpful to me and just, mm -hmm. I don't know, getting through stuff and struggles in life. And, you know, I'd like to be that for other people to touch young minds and like, <laughs> You know, just have people have people connect with the music. Um, right. 
that's my that's my main goal for it really definitely anything i make it might even serve as like a guide through your 20s at this point too oh yeah (laughs) i would i would be down for that yeah i love it um i know 2020 is kind of like a really weird year honestly but you mentioned that you're still writing songs and still trying to kind of be creative and stuff what are some things that you're like working on and kind of hope to accomplish this year um well I definitely you know want to continue like writing and hopefully recording more stuff this year um there's some there's like I like to do more stuff with film for sure Um, and there's a film, another short film project that a friend of mine is working on, um, that's going to use some of my music that I'm very excited for. Um, so I'd I'd like to continue on just like growing in every direction as much as possible. (laughs) Um, I think that's, you know, that's kind of like my goal for, for the future and for 2020. Um, it, it is a very odd time for for everybody right now and especially for you know like the creative community in new york you know um a lot of a lot of challenges yeah. um but i i do think like i'm it's cool to see how people are like pulling together and um you know supporting each other in the community that's so crucial and it's great that you're able to kind of keep staying creative and still have these goals because i know with the world right now it can be a little bit challenging to stay like upbeat and creative and I like that you still have that desire to like write music that's funny and fun for you too yeah I mean I think it's just maybe it's even kind of a response to everything just like needing to (laughs) needing to have a creative outlet that's you know like a little bit of a, a little bit of a break from everything that's going on right now for sure um so one of the things I always like to ask people at the end of an episode is kind of like, if you could play a show with any three bands, they could be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead. <laughs> who would you want on your show lineup? Oh man. Um, well, I would definitely want like Mark Sandman <laughs> um, and Morphine. Cause I was like, so obsessed with them for so long and I still think they're very very cool um man <laughs> maybe like morphine cake and Fiona Apple Ooh, I love this yeah that might be that might be my lineup wow what a great lineup I love everybody's music and it's so great that you mentioned these artists especially because Fiona Apple is like I feel musically somehow thriving in all of this madness yeah yeah Everyone I know has been talking about um, her new her new album. Just it's like, wild. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It is wild. Yeah. Well, hopefully, whenever the world starts to settle, maybe somebody like Fiona Apple will find your music. <laughs> I always send. I always like to hope for everybody who comes on this podcast that so you get these really awesome opportunities that come up to where you can play with artists or at least connect in a way. So all the vibes in the universe that the world gets healthy and you get awesome opportunities. Oh yeah. Thank you. And thank you for, thanks for this interview. I really appreciate it. You taking the time and like putting all the, you know, attention into your hard, your hard hitting journalistic questions. <laughs> all, the, all the hard hitting questions, you know? Um, <laughs> thanks so much for joining. Um, where can everybody keep up with Eliza and the organics on the internet? Um, you can find us on our Instagram, Eliza and the Organics. That's with an X for extreme. Uh, <laughs> also Facebook. Uh, the website is just elizaandtheorganics.com. So there's a bunch of different places you can find us online. Awesome. Everybody make sure that you give Eliza a follow, be able to find all their music and stuff because it's amazing. I think it'll help so much with mood and energy throughout all this craziness.
I'm staring at the wall I'm staring at my feet Used to have it all It used to taste so sweet So you, you pour another glass Take another, take another hit Of your drug
just heard Eliza and the Organics. Thank you so much to Eliza for joining and sharing what's coming on her new EP, Present Future Dreams Part 2. Be sure to give the band a follow and stay tuned on this dynamic release. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angrygirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Pledge your support for Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy Kitzmiller, and Sam Zarowitz. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay angry and take care. Bye for now. Like it.